Pasa Mufasa, welcome to the Mycopreneur Podcast, a podcast about people solving problems with mushrooms. I'm your host, Dennis Walker, and today on the pod, we've got a highly spirited individual who occupies an extremely important and underserved niche of the mushroom universe. Today, we're talking about mushrooms and babies. Yeah, see if you could beat that combo. And I think that everybody should be aware of the service and the devotion that this gifted human is sharing with our world. Let's give a warm welcome to Omolewa, the entheogenic midwife. It's real out here. It's not a game. It's not a joke. Like we're creating at every moment. We're supposed to be making love every day, being happy, laughing, giving up the shit that's weighing us down. Like I tell people, throw your TV out of the window. Today, Omolewa is gonna share with us some of the background the context and the reasons for how she ended up helping to transition tiny humans into this world, helping to prepare families and expectant mothers and to deliver their babies in a natural and holistic capacity. We're gonna talk about her journey from urban Detroit to the beautiful sun-kissed hills of Jamaica. And we're gonna learn about her relationship with Baba Kalindi Iyi. In this era of hyper-commercialization, corporatized healthcare and standardized medical procedures. Omolewa comes through with an earth-centered, spirit-led approach to childbirth and vitality in life. So let's get this show on the road. Hey, Pasa Mufasa Omolewa, aka Entheogenic Midwife. Welcome to the Micropreneur Podcast, Omolewa. How's it going today? It's going very well, thank you. Yes, how are things with you? I'm doing absolutely amazing, and I'm so excited and a little bit nervous to interview you because this is so far outside of my human experience. So I'm really looking forward to learning about what it means to be an entheogenic midwife. So let's start with that. I first became aware of your work at some point in the last year, and I believe it was actually after some research that I did on the Detroit Psychedelic Conference and on some of the circles related to that. The very title, Entheogenic Midwife, is a real attention grabber. So let's start with the name. What is the role of an entheogenic midwife in helping to deliver a baby human? Okay, so first of all, Baba Kalendi gifted me with that name. And it's based on the work that I do as a doula and a midwife assistant, as well as a gatekeeper with the psychedelic work. So just through that space um, of holding space for both women, um, the full transformation of labor, as well as individuals going through their own rebirth, you know, I saw major similarities, you know, with both. So that's how I got the name. And just with dealing with families, you're going to deal with women, you're going to deal with birth, you're going to deal with family, you know, so it's all intertwined and there's no separation when you really look at it. And you just used the term rebirth, dealing with rebirth, which I think is a really beautiful way of framing it. And and that leads to the next question is, I'd love to hear about your background, Omolewa. Like, where do you come from? Where is your family from? Were you connected to a natural, holistic health type community through your family and upbringing? Uh, And when did you first recognize this calling to become entheogenic midwife? 
Well, interestingly enough, like I, I don't live the lifestyle now and I don't have the awareness. Well, I have the awareness now that I didn't have growing up and that my family didn't have, you know, in my community. I was pregnant with my daughter, who's now 18, and I just started doing massage therapy. I had always been like a healing type of individual and working with aromatherapy and herbs and things, you know. Um, so I've been a massage therapist for the past 16 years. So with that comes pregnant women and women that are in their postpartum and women that are in various cycles, you know, the husband, you know, teaching childbirth education and infant massage families. In my life, like I used to say, I want to be a better woman. I want to be a better mother. You know, I just had, and, and, and also always feeling like I was destined for greatness, you know, but, you know, crack had its, crack cocaine had its place in the communities where I grew up. You know, now looking back, I'm seeing things like my father being in prison majority of my life as a young girl growing up, you know, so now from, you know, just being a birth worker and getting into the medicine work look at the world and start making better changes and, and assisting that within my community. So I'm, I'm curious to touch upon this concept of birth in different cultures and, you know, birth in the Western traditional hospital setting is kind of traumatic and violent. There's people rushing around, there's sterile fluorescent lighting and cold metallic surgical instruments around. This seems like a pretty traumatic way to come into the world from what I can tell. So I'd be curious, like with your patients that you work with, what is the vibe like in your process? Like what is the set and setting like if somebody is coming to you to prepare to deliver their baby? So when I started this work, naturally it was through the hospital. You know, I started with a grant funded program through Health Connect One. And it was like a, a stipend program that was offered to the community to doulas. And I ended, someone called me and said, you know, I think you would be great for this work. I had had my daughter. I didn't have the best experience with that. So it was, I'm telling you, this work is totally spirit led for me. You know, you're asking me questions that there really are no answers to, but I'm trying to do the best that I can, you know? So yeah, so in the hospitals and really being there, you know, to advocate for women to support them and nurture them. Again, I'm already a massage therapist. So like oftentimes I don't even have to do anything but lay hands and, and hold the space, you know? So, and then seeing these outcomes that weren't fair and just, the abuse and the sterility and all the things that you mentioned, like it's a whole nother world. So I actually stopped doing hospital births. Spirit led me to stop doing that. And when I still kind of, I slowed down and I ended up taking two uh, families after that, some things happened that let me know no more hospital births, that's it. So I completely phased into being uh, a home birth doula and taking on more duties as a uh, midwife's assistant and such a spiritual, beautiful experience that touched me in ways and healed me in ways and, you know, allowed me to want to tell my community about these things. Like women are having beautiful births, like the fathers are catching their children, like candlelight, ancestral altars and just the most beautiful thing. So it's touched a part of me in, in such profound ways being a human in this experience, you know? 
Um, so being introduced to the medicine through the Detroit community, through Mama Ayana and Baba Kalindi, and just already being on my path as a massage therapist and people loving my work and me wanting to do better. I'm like, what if I could see into people's bodies and see pain and see different things? And um, that's how mushrooms came about for me. And just the space that I held for myself and how it transformed me and to see the black men in my community in different ways and feel them inside of my body and my relationship with my mother and the immense crying and purifying that my body was doing. I was like, wow. So just having these experiences. <laughs> you know, you are really wrapping this up in such a beautiful, concise way. And I want more people to know that that's an option to work with someone like you because the communities that I come from, very traditional upbringing and background in San Diego, California, and I have you know, a number of friends working in pediatric care and working in hospitals. And a lot of them don't even know that this is a legitimate option. I mean, we might as well be coming from different worlds, even though we're very connected with, with the way you're describing your upbringing. So I'd love to, to talk about spirit, because that's something that both of us have in common, that we sort of recognize this spiritual dimension that exists in the world, and we're able to connect to it through entheogens. So you mentioned how spirit guides a lot of your work and fortunately guided you away from this more traumatic, clinical, sort of surgical setting that's maybe cold and removed from the good vibes, the healing vibes in many ways, and moved you into this new dimension that you're working in and this new context. So what was your first exposure to entheogens, to, to being able to connect with and recognize spirit and the transformative potential of spirit. What was your first exposure to learning about entheogens and connecting with them? Just with, with doing healing. Like I believe that some of us just really are here as light beings. Like I'm learning that. Um, I'm really not putting a label or anything on it, but my experiences have just been deep and intense for me. And it's like people who have just wanted me to be in these experiences with them so just again just wanting to be more and better and I remember getting into farming with my daughter's father and being pregnant and that was like the first time I felt God on earth you know it was like eating the the vegetables like fresh off the stem without even rinsing them off and eating them and just the way it, it just made my body feel during that time I don't know, it's all medicine, the soil, the mycelium, once you get it into your bloodstream and when we're really on a path of wanting to be aware. And like I say, I'm learning about the, what the food of the gods really means. Like we are powerful and we are supposed to be here having these powerful experiences. Like life and death is always in the atmosphere. Well, you mentioned something earlier I'd love to, to dive into a little bit. You mentioned how Baba Kalindi E conferred the name Entheogenic Midwife upon you. And he's had a tremendous influence on the emerging psychedelic movement and has for years. And now, you know, he's transferred over to the other side and his, his voice and his influence is probably greater than it ever has been these days. Like more and more people are learning about his work, the community that he was a steward to, what was your relationship like with Kalindi and, and what are some of the, the treasured memories and experiences you have of your relationship with him? 
So Baba and I's relationship consisted of him being our teacher. You know, Baba and I were lovers. Um, we worked together in, in gardening and, you know, he assisted me in being the father for my children. You know, our age differences made Baba a bit of even a grandfather for me. You know, friend, cultivating the medicine, like, I listen, I just went up in the hills Thursday with the medicine and I had to hold space for myself. Like I miss my friends. You and and it's like everybody knows Baba from the mushrooms, but for me, it's like this person was really a part of my life and my experience, and that I'm still like he's not even going anywhere. So doing this work and dealing with the ego and in the hills slinging snot and still being like I'm choosing to feel this way <laughs> you know Baba is the word that's been in my spirit and I've been using it but like Baba was Superman for us you know offering us this tool to help us see our higher selves and open up and heal the chakras you know some of us aren't even aware of chakras and what that means but to really have the medicine and for your body to heal in its own way and for you to get lighter and see your ancestors and you know have these experiences that we're not being taught that we can have or it's against the law or how drugs have already impacted your community so when you see different tools and sacred plants there's all this fear and other energies involved that don't have to be there so even with baba making this transition he means that much more to me and to us you know and and how this medicine works so now my life has been changed forever you know and during this covid time so everybody's life has been impacted so uh, you know everybody's talking about covid i'm like baba made his transition like is this even real is this really real? But guess what? Baba's been teaching us this all along through the medicine with going and through the, you know, we've been dying all along, you know, seeing that this world is an illusion and how we're all connected. Like Baba been teaching us this all the time, but him passing away, like I, I didn't know that I didn't want him to teach me this particular lesson. Like Baba teaching me death not my friends you know like it's real you know and learning so even as it relates to let's say grief and loss and and dealing with families now this is another level where i'm still evolving through this man and through this work and being better for an other individual because i never felt this way through losing a loved one so now I'm able to identify with other people. So I'm looking at my people around me now, like this is what you carry around on the inside, your throat, your heart, you have to breathe, you have to expand through it, just like the medicine. So I'm in the space like, Baba, like, wow, wow, wow. You know, and being here through Jamaica, in Jamaica, during the time Baba was making his transition, I was in a tent that he purchased for us. 
in the hills, in the most beautiful, pure land on 50 acres in the river, like he making his transition and I'm over here, you know, uh, we're sharing and it's like, I've been supported. He's been supporting me all along, teaching me, preparing me, loving me. So I'm sorry, I don't wanna go on, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a bit of my pain body right now. So having, again, like I say, sit with myself. So people are like, are you in Jamaica doing retreats? And, and what are you doing? Like, I'm healing my own soul. I'm sitting with how I'm feeling right now. I'm figuring out how I'm feeling because I don't just want to say I'm okay. <laughs> so it's like, and I'm not sad. And that's just it. I'm not sad. I'm not grieving. But our body, we have to allow ourselves to do, like, let nature take its course. I don't judge it, you know? I'm not grieving. I hold the space that I need to hold, like Baba taught us to do. And you just touched on something that I really wanted to bring up, which is about the connection and the way that birth and death are framed in different cultures. And, you know, when I am looking from the outside, looking in at your work, I see you helping people, helping tiny humans to transition into this plane from wherever they're coming from, helping them transition. And I've recently become uh, aware of these people in certain entheogenic communities who function as a death doula. And, and maybe there's some connection there and that their role is, is kind of the opposite, but also connected to what you do and that they're helping humans transition into another phase of their soul's journey. So I, I think you just touched on that really beautiful and it's really powerful, mysterious stuff that sits in the body. And you touched on that too, about how the experience of grief or trauma or trying to, hold, trying to process something, how it actually physically sits in your body. And you know, this is all a lot of very new stuff for people who are just turning on to some of these older, more ancestral wisdom traditions and concepts. So thank you, first of all, for engaging me with this because you're really bringing up a lot of ideas, a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of you know, things bubbling to the surface now that I'm interested in. Um, so I, you, you touched on something else I'd love to talk about, which is diet, is the food and how you've had this blessing to be able to experience farming and to be able to eat vegetables and fruits straight out of the earth and to have dirt on them and to have stems on them. And that's not how a lot of people, unfortunately, at least in Western society, are accustomed to eating. For, for most people, they're headed to the grocery store and they're buying, you know, maybe packaged or processed foods or vegetables that they buy from a grocery store. So I'd be curious to hear about in your work as an entheogenic midwife, what kind of foods and diet do you advise your patients to have when they're pregnant? Well, I don't have any patients, <laughs> um, but the families that I serve, I'm kind of like eat in a way where it's going to raise your vibration. That's, that's more what I'm about. I'm real. If your body is craving something, listen to it, you know, um, get into your spirit, see what, what, you know, what's going on a little bit deeper because you eat how you feel. You know, so I'm really, you know, and I allow people to have their experiences. One of the first thing I went on, on day one with the doula program that I took, they say, this is not your birth. 
And that tool took me all into my entheogenic midwifery of sorts with just allowing people to have their own experience. You eat what you want to eat with your baby, but I'm here to educate you. So that's kind of what the doula put me in a role of physically supporting people with my hands and other tools and aromatherapy and sound therapy and giving them the education and still allowing them to grow and, and figure life out for themselves. And I'll just bounce around with the, when you mentioned the tiny human, that is the highest honor that I have had alongside of being a mother is holding space for those souls to enter into this planet, you know? Um, and that same portal of death of sorts that you spoke of, it's again, you mentioned the mystery, the unknown, it's just the space that you, you really have no control over for real. <laughs> You know, everybody just kind of do what they do best, I guess, just to hold the space and allow nature to take it for us. We're really not in as much control as we think we are. You know, birth has taught me that. The medicine teaches me that. Life, being a mother, nature has taught me that. I think we're all still learning that. And this year in particular, this last year and a half, is an ongoing lesson and it's a quite a steep learning curve for a lot of people. And that's such a important place to come back to is to not feel like you have to hold everything, that it's all your fault or under your control or that everything is unfolding according to your plan. And that's something that I take a lot with me when I sit with medicine and when, when I experience these mystery realms is that we really don't know shit. Like we might think we, we might, we might have a tiny little pebble corner of the universe that sort of makes sense to us, but even that's generous. And that's, that's something I think, you know, there's a text from the Bible that I've heard somebody say recently that stuck with me and it's lean not on your own understanding. If you uh, think you understand everything and you're investing all your eggs in that basket that's probably you're in for a rude awakening because the universe may have other plans for you and I, that that's an ongoing lesson i think from this year and i can only imagine what you're dealing with and what what your the positions you find yourself in how how little control we actually have but to be able to find comfort or, or at least be able to hold space in those uh, liminal spaces and those transition processes um Wow. Yeah. You're blowing my mind here thinking about how, how this all works right now. So one other question I had, I'd love to hear about is like, what are the different phases in your process with the, the families that you work with? Like from the prenatal relationship, like you, you have an ongoing relationship with the family and then deliver the child. And then is there a post partum experience or component to that? Or is it just depends on the family and on the vibe and how it's going, but um, I'd love to hear about what does your process look like? Like when you get in touch with the family, how you support them through the childbirth, and then if there's any aftercare that happens. There's a little bit of everything. Um, I've had families where they've hired me a year and a half before the baby was even conceived. You know, I've had people call me a week before the baby came, you know, so I, and I meet I may meet a family and I'm just going to pick up their placenta or do a postpartum massage. So like I'm meeting families on so many different levels, you know, maybe the baby was stillborn, you know, maybe there was a miscarriage. I mean, families who I'm doing a massage while they're going through an elective abortion, 
to support and comfort them, surrogate mom, family. So it's on so many different levels. So with that, it became like, guess what? The father is a, a very important part of this picture here. So guess what? I'm taking care of dads too. You know, loving on the other children. There's grandparents involved who may have never breastfed before, especially in the in our black communities specifically. You know, helping women out of shelters in Detroit who, you know, father may have been gunned down during the pregnancy. And I'm just showing up on people's journeys and seeing that that's what we're all doing. We're just bumping into one another and this big, huge open relationship with one another, having these experiences, you know. But at the same time, we do have, you mentioned the food. The food is a huge information system that we have. The air we breathe, like, it's, it's just all intertwined. Um, so yes, it's important that we do, our bodies have the information that they need to function and flourish at their finest. We know when we're not eating well, you know, if that's how you're feeling about the food when you eat it. So let's say, for instance, they talk about soul food or slave food, right? Macaroni and cheese, candy yams with the sugar, fried chicken, just the whole thing. They, some people say, oh, that was slave food. But guess what? Big mama took that food. She put her energy on it. She put her love on it and she transformed it into the most beautiful thing that would ever touch your palate and give your soul comfort and love and support. You know, so we have the ability to take you know, why is this food bad? Why are you why are you feeling bad about the chocolate cake? You know, some people are overly vegan and they still um, don't have a good massage routine where they're allowing somebody to physically touch their body and assist with still raising its vibration in different ways. So again, our education system, our healthcare system, the government, you know what it is. That's a whole nother level of battle that we have to fight here on this planet that's unnecessary, it's non-productive. As much as we're trying to love and support one another and heal one another, we're in a fucking chemical war right now. Our souls are, they, they waging war right now on the human spirit. You know, oh, it's population control. Uh, I don't know, everybody has their thoughts and perceptions, but when you have that spirit, the body follows, the mind, the fear, the body follows. We're very valuable to the pharmaceutical companies. When we don't know ourselves, when our body hasn't activated its ability to heal itself through the plant medicine, through rest. Listen, when I came to Jamaica and started like walking outside and being able to pull the fruit out of the tree and immediately ingest it inside of my body, like there's nothing like it. I wish that everybody could have that experience. And you just touched on some extraordinary concepts that are absolutely accurate and that we are, we are unwittingly or not part of a spiritual warfare that's happening. And I think a lot of people maybe are completely unaware of this or haven't, haven't recognized it yet. And one other thing I wanted to unpack a little bit about what you said is um, something that Kalindi Iyi has really imparted to me and, and inspired me with is this idea of, of the macrodose realms and of greater quantities and being able to travel, you know, 20 grams, 30 grams. And for so long, you know, people talk about a heroic dose of psilocybin, they talk about five grams. And I feel like with the amount of chemicals, the amount of distraction, 
people's defenses these days, that might not be a heroic dose anymore. Maybe for some people it is, but I know plenty of people, myself included, who at the five gram range are not necessarily getting this full visionary spectrum and experience. But you start hearing about Kalindi talking about you know, 20 grams or 30 grams. And there's not many people in the world who are going to be immune to that. That's going to be a really profound experience. So that's just something that came to mind as you start to talk more about chemical warfare and about all of the the condition that we're caught in in the, this year and, and you know, recent history, that maybe the answer for some people is to really dial it up and start to explore some of these transdimensional territories at higher doses. It's just a thought I had. Well, there's that, but along with that, and that's what I'm saying, it's truly beyond the mushroom. They're a great, wonderful, very important tool, but it's like, it's supposed to get you up off your ass. You know, you ever watch the movie Friday and he said, Craig, you better get your ass up off your shoulders. Like we got to stop going to work, you know, pull your children out of the school system, fuck their doctors and start taking better care of, you, care of yourself. Like I see women walk these hills here in Jamaica by my door every day and they're in their 80s and 90s. Hey, baby, you know, like the sun, they don't need all this extra health insurance and stress and paying money for it. Like the environment in which you live is supposed to support you as a human being, first and foremost, you know, and we use money as an excuse and we use all these other things as an excuse as to why we're not living a better quality of life like we got the medicine now you know so we got to use the tool and like I say we got to do better and stop talking about it we're used to being you know it's just the way we're being conditioned it doesn't work for us well yeah and having that opportunity to connect with a natural sense of abundance and yeah I, I see that a lot in different cultures with people who have very healthy diets and communities that support them and environments that support them where I think it's totally reasonable and natural that people should be very vibrant and healthy well into their 80s and into their 90s. And that's not really the type of care or the type of environment, unfortunately, that you see in a lot of industrialized societies is there's more of a sense of sickness and of age related um, decline. But when you start seeing some of these really vibrant and abundant souls who are living very naturally and, and light beings, as you said earlier, then there's no reason, there's no reason why you can't be happy and healthy and have tremendous longevity in your life. Yes, but get what, guess what? Let me add this component real quick. But then you have the television and the cell phone that comes into these places and you know, changes the minds of the people. You still have the churches on the corner. So it's like levels and layers and, you know, still pieces of the puzzle where we got to constantly just, I don't know, again, Bob making his transition. It's like, it's real out here. It's not a game. It's not a joke. Like we're creating at every moment. We're supposed to be making love every day and everything that we are, are and everything that we do you know, being happy, laughing, giving up the shit that's weighing us down. Like you can't let the, like I tell people, throw your TV out of the window. It breaks down your immune system. Like we have to be on our te te telepathy now, you know, other ways of tapping into our super superhuman abilities because the government not playing with us out here. 
that's something that I hope a lot more people are waking up to these days. And certainly through platforms like your, the work that you're doing as Entheogenic Midwife, certainly through the Detroit Psychedelic Conference, Breaking Convention in the UK, I see a lot of these kind of grassroots mycelial level networks that are popping up and people starting to really share this, this dimension of being able to tap into superpowers, of being able to reconnect with your birthright. I think that, you know, I couldn't say anything to top that last point that you just made. And again, I, I, we touched on everything I wanted to talk to you, uh, talk about. And uh, you, you certainly completely opened up my mind to new levels of awareness and to, to new inquiries. And for me, that's the whole point of this podcast is to be able to check in with folks, learn from them, and then usually leave with more questions than I started with. So thank you so much, Omolewa, for sharing your wisdom with us and for tuning in a little bit. I really appreciate it. You are very appreciated. And I really love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. There's so much to cover in the mushroom universe and so many mycopreneurs leveraging the infinite potential of fungi to create a more ecologically balanced, inclusive, and equitable world for all of us mischievous little monkeys. I am completely stoked that you've chosen to spend some of your hard-earned time in our little corner of the Mycoverse. Hop on the gram, say what's up, at Mycopreneur Podcast. That's the handle. Don't get it twisted. We've got the full suite of social media up and running. Twitter, Mycopreneur. Got the YouTubes dialed in, Mycopreneur. Drop us a line. Tell your grandma and your kooky uncle. Tell your wife and your kids. If you're a Mycopreneur yourself, you want to hop on the pod, by all means, Willkommen. Bienvenidos. Welcome. Don't be a stranger. Let us know your thoughts on this episode and also let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. This is a team effort. Thanks for stopping by the Mycopreneur podcast. Have a lovely day. We'll see you back here next week.